0: Hi everyone, my name is Nick Wood, Head of Investment Fund Research at Quilt Achievia. Welcome to the latest edition of The Fund Buyer, the podcast for all things related to the world of fund research. Before we start, my usual reminder that you can sign up to be notified about future podcasts on the Quilt It website or follow hashtag QC Fund Buyer on LinkedIn. You can now also find us on Spotify and Google Podcasts for those of you that pick up your podcast that way. One of the biggest topics of conversation this year has been whether we're about to see a shift in leadership away from the US and towards other regions. The most recent Bank of America Global Fund Manager survey backed that up, with the US the most underweight since October 2005. That represents quite some swing. Those willing to take a very long-term perspective might rightly see this as fully justified, given the large share the US represents of global equity indices. At the end of December, the US accounted for 60% of MSCI ACQUI, with Japan next on just under 6%. A combination of years of outperformance by the technology-heavy US market and US dollar strength has led to this weighting, but the latest survey points to a weaker outlook. The recent switch in sentiment has favoured Europe and emerging markets, and I want to focus on the latter today. There are two catalysts that have begun to benefit emerging market sentiment. A somewhat weaker dollar in the last few months, and the positive tailwinds from China's COVID reopening. This has pushed investors to begin adding to their exposure to emerging markets. The surge in demand for Shanghai and Shenzhen listed shares through Hong Kong Stock Connect programme is a prime example of this, with a $21 billion surge in investment from foreign buyers in the first five weeks of 2023, according to the Financial Times. This dwarfs aggregate demand from the prior nine years, whilst the performance of China in recent months has been very strong. UK investors looking to add to their exposure might understandably look to the emerging market funds first. Interestingly, as at the end of January, analysis from Morningstar suggests that in aggregate, the IA emerging markets peer group is still slightly underweight China and Hong Kong, with last year's outperformers, Brazil and India, both overweight, In part, that may be because of the size of the position in the index, which is now around 34% for China and Hong Kong. Asia managers also tend to provide significant exposure to China. But here again, the average exposure was around 6% below that of the MSCI All Countries Asia Pacific Index. So whilst from a top-down global perspective money has flowed in, it is interesting to see the emerging markets and Asia specialists still not fully embracing the trend so far. Of course, there are plenty of caveats to these comments, not least where the underlying holdings may be more focused on the reopening trade, despite being underweight, or from exposure to neighbouring Asia beneficiaries. But it's clear that there is somewhat of a disconnect. Anecdotally, we've also seen a shift in where funds are investing within China. It's been the case that many funds, especially the growth bias funds, were heavily exposed to the Chinese equivalent of the FANG stocks, namely Baidu, Alibaba, and Tencent, or the BATS. We've heard from plenty of managers who've actively reduced or exited these mega tech names on concerns around further government regulation, and exposure does seem to have reduced. Focus is often on where Chinese government policies uh, lie going forward, for example, energy transition and electric vehicles. Whilst the China reopening trade might favour many other types of consumer-led businesses. Despite the move up in China since the reopening news broke, economic indicators are still surprising on the upside. In recent weeks, the market has fallen off a little. China still looks cheap relative to a global index, which is really dominated by the valuation of the US again. All in all, we think the balance of risk and reward favours China, and therefore, more broadly, emerging markets versus the US. The final point on China I want to make today is that it would be interesting to see how reopening affects the asset management industry. Pre-COVID, foreign investors were adding resources and manpower on the ground in China. For many, COVID brought that to a halt or limited the -the on-the-ground work. Will we see another significant increase in resource now that life has begun to return to normal? We started off by talking about the possible impact of a weakening US dollar, both in a positive way for emerging markets and also as a possible reason we may see a decline in in the US from its current peak. We live in a world where we often forget about long-term trends, but only 30 years ago Japan dominated world indices, amounting to around 45% at its peak. Whilst it's unlikely that the US will suffer a similar decline to Japan, not least because Japan was in clear bubble territory at its peak, one question that all investors might consider is whether to hedge. Here we're really talking about currency exposure for equity funds, which tend to be unhedged, aligned to their unhedged index. In fact, as a UK investor, over the last 12 months, had you hedged your US dollar exposure, you would have lost around 10% relative to an unhedged portfolio, a small mercy given the travails of last year. Perhaps going forward, more investors will be willing to head down the hedge route. And in the last few months, there's been something that has been much more on the radar of many. Of all things that we try to predict, currency is notoriously difficult. And for many, staying within their circle of competence means avoiding the additional hedging consideration. I suspect we will hear uh, more of this should we see a long-term trend of the dollar moving down though. To conclude, maybe fairly uh, consensus trade to invest in emerging markets and specifically China. But there are reasons to think that and may be further to go despite the strong performance in recent months. Valuations still look attractive, and markets have a tendency to underestimate longer-term trends. On the flip side, predicting a more negative relative outlook for the US is always dangerous, but perhaps we might look back at recent months as the, as the start of that. As ever, only time will tell. Well, that's it from me. As ever, thanks for listening, and stay safe.